This episode is brought to you by FX's The Veil, starring Elizabeth Moss. FX's The Veil is an international spy thriller that follows two women as they play a deadly game of truth and lies on the road from Istanbul to Paris and London. One woman has a secret, and the other has a mission to reveal it before thousands of lives are lost. FX's The Veil, now streaming, only on Hulu. Forever. When your first choice is a big old bus You turn around and boom You end up with us Our number is 213-536-9180 Our email is sloppyseconds.pod at gmail.com I'm never gonna get that right And now on with the show Are you ready for some sloppy seconds You stupid little fucks You nasty little fucks You dirty little fucks you stupid little bitches. Hi, I'm Big Dipper and that's Meatball. Welcome back to Sloppy Seconds with Big Dipper and Meatball. Did I freeze? No, no. Uh, you're just seeing our, uh, at the current moment, silent, our guest reacting to you uh, <laughs> giving that intro. Was that, wait, was that too much? Wait, no, we'll it was get, we'll great. Get, okay. I think you're great. Um, okay, I yeah, just yeah. wanted Ooh. to quickly pretend like it's, because um, obviously we're recording this ahead of time, but let's pretend like it's the day after Thanksgiving. And you didn't go home. Did you? Right. And you stayed your ass put. Did you love the football meatball? Uh, sports, you know. I love a ball. I love men in tights. It's my favorite thing. Did you eat too much food? Of course. Now, I did uh, have a delicious vegan meal. Oh, um, stunning. It was great. It was a stuffed tofu. Now, uh, did and then you, you went kiss out your to the cousin garage? in the garage? Me? No. <laughs> did you kiss your cousin in the garage? <laughs> Did I tell you about that time me and that neighbor boy, we rubbed our dicks together in the garage? Did we ever talk no. about this? On the no, show? we haven't talked about okay, that. Okay, maybe I'll talk about it later. Um, did you eat the vegan meal and then run outside and like shovel a bunch of chicken in your <laughs> Yeah, I had fried chicken, but I told him I was like, leave it in the bushes out front. And then I was like, I got to go out for a cigarette. Just down Do on the fried chicken. you still smoke cigarettes? No, but I would use it as an excuse to eat fried chicken. I guess that makes sense. Uh, real talk, it is, you know, a few days before. I think I'm going to make pigs in a blanket, but not the bullshit, like, um, freezer kind. I think I'm going to go get the full croissant pastry and put a whole ass hot dog in there and then put some of my homemade pickles and some relish and, like, pickled onions on it. And I'm going to make some weird pigs in a blanket moment. I actually just, like, almost threw up thinking about all those things wrapped in a croissant. Yes, man. No! Uh, I could understand a sausage, like, a good sausage and yes. cheese yes. wrapped up. But the minute you start adding pickles, isn't that adding, like, water? Isn't that going to make the bread well, all no, it's for inside? it's how you serve it. You serve it with a little mustard, a little pickle on the side, like a Cornish. Why do you say that? Cornichon. Cornichon? Corn, we'll ask our guests. Let's come back. We'll anyway, be right let's back. go take a break. Buy a bed. Okay, we are back. And we have a very special guest with us today, the winner of season eight of RuPaul's Drag Race, the star of the HBO show, we're here, and the suspiciously, suspiciously large woman, Bob the Drag Queen. Ooh, it's, baby. it's a cornichon. Cornichon. Uh, cornichon. Yeah, it's a, a little sweet pickle. Tiny mm-hmm. little pickle. Oh, yeah. Um, but um, 
you know, I, I, I was really with you up until you started talking about adding pickles. I, I was with Meatball. It, it was it sounded great. And then once you started talking about pickles, it became white nonsense. Wait, wait, wait. <laughs> but haven't you ever had like a Chicago style hot dog? They put the whole pickle right on it. Yes, but well, that no, is a hot dog. Well, I prefer, I'm going to put like a hot dog sh- in a croissant. What I like with the Chicago style hot dogs is when they have like all the vegetables, like the the basically salsa on top of mm-hmm. it, but mm-hmm. not the pickle. Like I don't want the pickle. I want the I want the tomatoes and the peppers and that stuff. And raw, by the way, not slimy grilled peppers. Like oh raw, raw dog, raw yeah, dog. yeah. You want? That I don't crunch. want. I, you had me up until pickles. If, if I if I come by, make some without pickles. <laughs> You need to make options. <laughs> I'll make options. And what are I'll... your opinions on pickles just in general? Yeah, like, we're a very pickle bro I love pickles. So I, I did this thing for a while back when I was in Berkeley where I would make a... You ever heard of a kulikul? Okay, see, I love pickles. A kulikul is when you take... When you buy like a big jar, like a gallon jar of pickles, take out all the pickles, and then you pour the pickle juice into a pitcher, and you make Kool-Aid out of it. Put the pickles back in the jar and then pour the Kool-Aid back in, come back in two weeks, and you have Kool-Aid infused pickles. Oh, okay. It's, it's are like they a little dill sweet pickles? And savory. Or are they like the butter, the the what are the sweet ones? Well, called? they end up they end up tasting some of them depending on depending on what you have, they kind of can taste like like a like a butter pickle. Um, which is a sweet pickle. So they end up tasting a little bit sweet. Like pink lemonade makes for a great one. Fruit punch makes for a great one. Cherry does not make for a great cool liquor. Um, <laughs> yeah, I've, they actually, I've done a lot of experiments. They actually <laughs> cut, they cut Jasmine Man- Master short when they put her edit together. She actually said, no tea, no shade, no pink lemonade pickles. She would have won. No tea, no shade, no pink lemonade pickles. Um, but the thing is, like, they're also they're, I mean, it's pretty great when you get like a spear. If you get a pickle, if you get the spears, they make pretty good cool pickles. And if you do a whole pickle, you're gonna have to just wait longer. Now, if you get the slices of pickles, the ridge slices, they will obviously pick it up as well. But if you want, if you really want the full cool pickle experience, you have to wait a while and you have to get the entire pickle i, so I know a lot of i, I think love that pickles. you know that we had a pickle making competition on this podcast oh yeah we, we did we both lost so i would like to maybe <laughs> to each other we <laughs> were both the just they were both gross <laughs> it was just disgusting but i think we should do a kulikul challenge okay. and then have bob test them and yes. then tell us what you think i would be the kulikuls that. are where it's at i mean but the thing about kulikuls is you're not starting with cucumbers you're already starting with pickles right which is better for us because the whole like labor intensive thing i still i still have those two jars of those pickles that just taste like salt licks they're in my fridge i read somewhere online pickles. that i could <laughs> that i could rinse them off i could rinse them off and then like rejar them and let them diffuse a little bit of the salt well, I think where you went wrong with that is that you didn't use a recipe. You just or said, measuring. I'll put a, yeah, <laughs> you didn't use a recipe. Are you one of those folks who just swears you who be measuring by hand, <laughs> no, eyeballing no, no, no. shit? I did measure. I made taco seasoning by my like just from stuff in my cupboard last night, and I didn't measure any of it. It was all right though. It was not. <laughs> you bad. sound like a witch. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So listen, you just moved to Los Angeles. Yes. Yeah. Are you going to stay here? What's your vibe? I mean, so far, I'm definitely staying. I'm looking for a home. Um, Mm. We'll see if that even works out. I'm going to tell you right now, kids, like, if you're listening to this and you're young, 
do not ever let your credit get bad. Oh, yeah. There comes a point in your life where even if you have good income, bad credit can still fuck your shit up. So, like, I'm telling y'all right now, I'm telling you, take my word for this. Believe me when I tell you, make sure you maintain good credit as long as you can because it will come back to bite you in the end. Yeah. I mean, like, I feel like you need to find, like, a gay landlord or realtor who knows you're good for it because they know yeah. you as an entertainer. And right? be like, I don't care what the paper says. This person is running a small empire. You know what I mean? Well, I'm, I'm like, I'm, I'm just showing them that I have like these things coming up and these contracts and I'm basically, you know, it feels like good faith. And if I get it, I get it. And if not, I'll just wait until I can. Well, I mean, there are some Queens out here who are literally buying houses in cash. I'm like, you better go off. I'm not well, going to lie. I'm not, I'm not there. Um, but I mean, good for those girls who are buying houses in cash. Go off. It's crazy. Cause I just moved. I'm in this new apartment and like, you know, having to tell the person like I'm a freelancer and I work a lot and I like, I have enough income to afford this uh, apartment. I had to show him so much, but because my credit is good, they were like, Oh, okay. And it's totally what you're saying. Like, I, my parents scared me. I didn't get, I don't think I got my first credit card until I was 25. I got a credit card because I had to, there was something I was, I think I was buying, starting to buy plane tickets or whatever. And I was like, oh, I need a credit card to do this. I can't buy a plane ticket online with a debit card or something. We have very similar circumstances. My mom told me for years that credit cards were very bad and that they would ruin your credit. She just, she assured me. Never get a credit card. So I never got one. I never applied for one. I am now 34. I got my first credit card at 34. Um, and also not only that, but like I, I recently entered this thing where I had really, really bad credit, but it was it had been on my my record for so long that it my entire all of my credit was wiped. So at the beginning of last year, I had no credit. Zero oh credit. my god and is that nothing from, what is that from is it for if yeah. you didn't have a credit card is it from student loans or it's from but it was from a lot of stuff i mean i don't, I don't want to uh i yeah, mean that's it's okay you don't gotta well, get actually actually no I don't, I don't mind saying it. i don't mind saying because this is something that is a reality about growing up without a lot of money when i was a kid in my household my mom was trying to keep all the lights on so if the lights went out she would have to get them in one of her kids names and that uh, is, it happens in a lot of black families, yeah. a lot of poor families. And I had basically bills, outstanding bills in my name when I was a minor. But but I also don't hold that against my mother because my mother was doing what she had to do to make sure that I could uh, see with lights and have electricity and wash our clothes and, you know, take showers and have all that stuff. Uh, so that, that was one. And then I had um, student loans. That racked up against me, but well, so in Georgia, I have something called what? Well, not it's just Georgia, but we have something called Pell Grant, which is if you're poor, you go to college for free, or they'll, they'll it's not free. Someone's paying for it. They pay for you to go to your college. Yeah, like um, a state then, state university, yeah. right? Yeah, but I did not. Uh, but it doesn't cover summer courses, so I tried to take some summer classes, and then I failed the summer classes because it was like these were like the first online classes. This is like when online classes were first a thing. And they were like, oh, yeah, you need it. You can't come to the school every day and use these computers. You have to do this from home. And I was like, I don't even have internet at home because this is the early two. This is 2004 and I don't have internet yeah. in my home. Like not everyone has internet. Um, That's so nice. So it, it, it was it was kind of, it was it was a pretty wild time. So I didn't pay off those student loans until I until I think maybe. 
geez, 10 years later. And when you don't pay off student loans, they report you every 30 days. So I was getting reported every 30 days for almost 10 years. Well, I just, when I moved into this place, I found out that my old roommate from like four years ago didn't pay any of the bills. I had moved uh? out and left the bills in my name uh? and he didn't pay for like three months of bills. And I didn't know that until I was like, why is my credit bad? And I went back and looked and it was like $63 that I owed four years ago. And they got you for that. And they got me, gal. I had to like figure out how to pay the debt collector. And then they were like, oh, yeah, it's spiked up to like $400 because you haven't paid. I was like, what is happening to me? (laughs) Anyway, enough about our money problems. Let's start talking about you doing drag, mama. What Um, made you want to start doing drag? Drag I started rates? doing drag back when my credit went bad. No, I'm kidding. I just keep it like, <laughs> on my credit. Like, the thing about credit cards. <laughs> um, I started doing drag because I watched RuPaul's Drag Race. I watched Drag Race and I thought to myself, this is, that looks fun. And I bet I could do that. I, I saw BB win and I said, I could do that. You said, <laughs> Well, how many times did you audition for the show before you got on? Four. I auditioned four times. And there seems to be a point of pride for girls who auditioned once and got on, which I'm like, go off. But I'm also like, but I competed once and won. (laughs) (laughs) They're like, I auditioned once, I got on a season, and then they kept bringing me back for All-Stars. They keep teasing me along with the World of Wonder show. I've never won any prize money. (laughs) You're like, okay. But I'm also like the thing. The thing about uh, I, I had to learn this when I was working in children's theater, and we would cast kids in shows. Like, if you don't make it on Drag Race, it's really not about you. As it, it says nothing about your value as a drag queen. And a lot of drag queens cannot see that. They really think if I don't make it on Drag Race, I will never be a successful queen. And I'm like, bitch, being on Drag Race does not ensure that you will be a successful queen. And, well, yes, there are plenty of examples of that. But you probably also know this. I feel like Alaska and Willem have talked about this a little bit, but that, like, Coco got the call to be on season four, but then they rescinded it after Alyssa said no. So then they got Coco on season five because Alyssa was coming. So it's like they knew they wanted the two of them to have their drag queen drama on the show. And so... yeah. You know, like, it, it's not necessarily about you and your worth. It's no, like, and, how do you and, fit and into a that. cast of 14, exactly. and how do you make a good TV show? And I and I, and I don't think that it's shady. I personally don't think it's shady for Drag Race to do that. You have to do a competition. But first and foremost, you have to make a show that people want to watch. That is first and foremost. Like, that is incredibly important. You have to have a show with a good cast. And obviously, they're doing something right. I mean... They've won, and I right. verified this, and I don't know if Willem will uh, concede. <laughs> oh, because we Drag talked about Race the Emmys, won, right? <laughs> Drag Race has won more Emmys than any reality competition ever. Right. I cannot believe Monet believed Willem so quickly. That, that really <laughs> grinded my gears. <laughs> <laughs> I loved your response. You're like, you just believe her because she's in a blonde wig. Yeah, it's a white really woman in a blonde wig. Um, well, no, it's really, I mean, I think that's really interesting because I also think of the drag race world. You also mentioned on that, we're, we're, we're continuing to reference the uh, sibling rivalry race chaser crossover episode that happened. But you also mentioned that the subreddit for drag race is sort of the biggest one for uh For TV television. Show. In any TV-based subreddit, it, is, it, it recently outgrew Game of Thrones. Which is incredible. And there's there's... 
there's something in that culture of critiquing the show as a fan. Obviously, there's a lot of toxicity towards the queens, but everyone goes like, oh, the producers did this and blame production. But blame production for making a show that you've watched for over a decade with spinoff after spinoff and a war. Like, they're yeah. messy for a reason because they're good at producing a reality TV well, show. Well, it's easier to hate a mystery person in the closet, like, who's, Called production. who's in a closet, like, editing sneaky little things than it is to acknowledge that a queen went on TV and said really mean things and then they aired it. Right. It's kind of like when, when, I, like when, I, like when I look back at... um. Uh, Max Milanovi getting eliminated from Drag Race. Oh, so yeah, and the she last had thing? that, and she had like that little moment where she was like on the stairs and like she was like singing, and it was. And I'm sure when they were doing it, the producers were like, "This looks insane." And she probably thought to herself, "They wouldn't." And she probably thought to herself, "Well, they won't use this. They wouldn't make me look bad." And it's like, girl, they will. Anything you do in front of the when you show up, you're agreeing to let them air. Anything you do in front of the cameras, if you say it in the corner, if you whisper it and you're wearing a mic, if you do something in front of a camera and it does not make you look good, I don't know why, what makes you think they're casting a show where everyone's the good guy and where everyone comes out smelling like roses. Did you ever think you wouldn't be the good guy? No, I never, I never, cause I, I don't think that I, there was a moment where we were all uh, at Roscoe's and, um, in, Chicago, and um, we had just left the. It was it was during the the the, pr the promo tour, and we had just left the venue, and it was me, Acid Betty, Derek Barry, and like I think Robbie Turner in Ooh. the car. Um, so, so you and the pack of the good guys, <laughs> yeah, yeah, all in yeah. Babes. <laughs> And then Derek Barry said, um, "Someone, someone like Derek Barry just because Derek Barry had no clue that she wouldn't be a good guy." She genuinely thought that I was going to be the bad guy. What? And she said, "Well, they're gonna, you're gonna be a bad guy." And then I said, "I don't think, I don't think that that's the case." And then Acid Betty looked at her and she said, "Girl, you're the heel. You're the bad guy. You are the bad guy of the season." And then she was like, "Wait, what?" And then she said to Derek, "She goes," and then Derek goes, "Maybe we'll all be the bad guy." And then I said, Betty, and then I looked at Derek Bear and I said, no, she said, maybe we'll both be the bad guy, me and her. And I said, baby, that's not how TV works. No, baby, oh, baby. poor Derek. Wait, Aww. Meepo, what was your, can you give us the, the bullet points of your relationship with Derek Barry? Didn't you harass her online? The boo, the boo, like the boo, the boolet points. <laughs> wow. <laughs> the boo, oh, don't say that. Um, now, I think it was because she, when they said that she needed to draw her eyebrows on, I became obsessed with that one image of her eyebrows and it looked really bad. And then you remember, love to replay, you love to like post and repost and what do you mean like the what video of that girl falling about? that video of that girl falling you kept just playing different songs over that one girl falling over and over again she, i was giving her options like if it was gonna happen again <laughs> maybe try these songs now she i just i remember i left my sugar pill taco in in la and i was heading to san francisco and i just needed it and so i just kept posting pictures of her saying like i'm gonna look like this if i don't get the right makeup and it was just a bunch of pictures of Derek with her eyebrows covered and then she got really offended by it and then we talked i don't know well i think we're friends now i'd say we're friends would you say that you're friends with her bob yeah i like Derek. me and Derek are yeah. friends Derek, Derek I, is, I like what makes Derek interesting is she's not super self-aware 
So that makes her great television. But then once you talk to her for a while, she'll be like, oh, oh, okay. All right. I see what you mean. What I loved on the Vegas show is that like weird, dumb Easter egg of like her wearing the same polo at the party, the same gray polo with the huge logo on it at the party when she's like stirring shit with Naomi as she was in the workroom when she was stirring shit with Naomi. Did you see this? <laughs> it's a side-by-side <laughs> image of Derek in the same gray polo with some design on How it. How many years apart is <laughs> From that? Drag Race to a party at her house, both times being like, well, Naomi... Well, this this is my this is my shit talking polo. This is my right. <laughs> <laughs> but that's the kind of magic that I think Derek has because it's like there's Babe, no grab way me the shit talking polo. I'm gonna talk shit because <laughs> there's no way she knew. Like it just like that. That's like a beautiful moment. You know what I mean? I mean, imagine her mind being that remarkable. <laughs> <laughs> now I want to ask you about we're here because I absolutely love it. It's so good. I'm so glad that it was nominated for an Emmy. What was it like being nominated for an Emmy, honey, Miss Ma'am? Okay, I would like to be clear the air. I, I was not nominated for an Emmy. I am the I am the host of a show that is nominated for an Emmy. But I feel like you are one of like you guys are the show. You, Shangela, and no, Eureka I, I are agree. Me, Shangela, Rico are definitely the show. But we we didn't win. We we lost to Cheer. Um, but if if it would have won, we well, would because y'all have didn't won. have a drug battle on your show. There was, you also, was there like a yeah. Like oh, wait, a Eureka one. was there every time one. There was <laughs> no. There oh was a God. whole there was other a, scandal about. There was cheer. oh, you didn't hear about the the, the wasn't there like a pedophilia scandal uh-huh, on, with on, Jerry. Um, you didn't oh, hear about right. this. I did. Girl. I did. I did. No, but Bob, yeah. you you all negotiated well in your contracts because you are also listed as producers on that show. Yeah. So yeah. had you won an Emmy, you would have got an Emmy. No, no, no. So it's different. So not all the producers get oh, nominated. Just the executive. For so yeah, because there are different producers in different things. Um, but we are producers on the show because we. When I first sat down with them, I was like, guys, we like need to be listed Involved. as producers because me, me, we need to listen. Producers, me, Shangela, and Eureka, we, 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 those numbers we do, we come up with them. We, there's no secret team coming in doing giving us number. We, we come up with those numbers ourselves. We hired our entire creative team. So each one of us has a team. Shangela has a team. I have a team. And Eureka has a team. And we also hired our entire creative teams as well. So all the outfits, we hired the costume designers. We hired the hair people. We uh, we did all of it. We That's had incredible. Layla on. Yeah. And she was uh, kind of describing what it's like for doing a one-week shoot in each one of these cities. But what exactly is the schedule? So you get there and you meet your person. And then how long do you have before the show we have nine days to do the show so we're putting all we're doing all this in about actually eight days because the first well the first day we get there isn't the first day we shoot usually we shoot the second day so we're actually doing all of it about seven to eight days we do every single thing and the ninth day we leave wow wait so um speaking of the shows well let's actually we'll take a quick break and we'll be right back better is easy with factors delicious ready to eat meals every fresh never frozen meal is chef crafted dietitian approved and ready to eat in just two minutes you'll have over 35 different options to choose from every week including calorie smart protein plus and keto 
Also, there are more than 60 add-ons to help you stay fueled up and feeling good all day long. When my fridge is stocked with factor meals, I'm like, oh baby, I don't have to think about this. Mm -hmm. Like, it is so nice. The combinations are so good. I am a meat eater, but the vegetable options, there are so many. Like, I remember I had like a, it was like a mushroom with pasta and like a cauliflower rice. And I was like, the mushroom is filling. Like there's plenty of uh, portion, there's plenty of vegetable, and there's plenty of flavor. And I am usually sort of not a microwave person. Mm -hmm. Very cool that this quality of food can just be heated up in the microwave. And so fast. I also love it because I am a, a very much into ordering delivery. I and know. now having all the food there, I can kind of pick what I want and it's ready in two minutes. I don't have to wait an hour for stuff to get delivered. And these are way healthier options than ordering delivery. Completely. And when they have multiple things in them, you know, sometimes it's like, oh, if I cook for myself, all I'm going to eat is the biggest bowl of pasta you've ever seen in your life. But this is oh, yeah. like, you get a little pasta and the chicken and a vegetable all in one dish. Looking for gourmet meals? Try meals that feature premium ingredients like filet mignon, shrimp, truffle butter, broccolini, and asparagus. And Factor Meals eliminate the hassle of prepping, cooking, or cleaning up. All you gotta do is heat up and savor the good stuff. Customize your weekly meals with the flexibility to get as much or as little as you need. Pause to reschedule deliveries that suit your lifestyle. And we're celebrating Earth Day all month long with Factor. Look out for the Earth Month Eats badge on the menu items for their lowest carbon footprint meals. Head to factormeals.com slash sloppyseconds50 and use code sloppyseconds50 to get 50% off your first box plus... 20% off your next box. That's code sloppy seconds 50 at factormeals.com slash sloppy seconds 50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next box while your subscription is active. That's a sleigh, baby. Okay, so when you get to the cities, uh, you, when we started this phone call, you mentioned you had just received a little message on Grinder. Yeah, I did. Yeah. What's it like when you get to a city for We're Here and there's maybe like one person on Grinder a hundred miles away, or it's oh, just all your production? Say, it's just all your production team on Grinder. Yeah, it's the entire production crew. I mean, we block. I I, I block friends on Grinder not because I don't want to see you on Grinder, but you're taking a valuable real estate on the grid. And if we're traveling together, I don't need the first eight people. Like, when we do the Work the World Tour, and there's fucking, like, 15 queers all traveling the world together, I don't need all of y'all taking up my entire grid. And the, the next person is two swipes down. No, Mary. Um, but, it's, I mean, there 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 is no, in my experience, I can't speak for everyone, but there is, there is no um, sexy time in on these trips because there's there's not a whole lot of queer people in these towns. And the the closest person on your grid will will be maybe six miles away, and then the next person is like fifteen twenty, and they never have profile pictures. I'm also thinking about getting off grinder anyway because I've had too many. We already have two partners. Yeah, you got a lot. So you got a, you're how like many hands you got? There. But I'm not done. <laughs> <laughs> I, but I um. I think I do, and I say this being as humble and realistic as possible. 
whatever the level of being too famous for Grinder is, I think I've just crossed the threshold. Like it's here, and I am like right there. So what do you, percentage uh, do you ever of get your people? Yeah. Uh, do you ever what? get people that pretend like they don't know who you are, and then once you're yes, with which them, is really, which like, is really. So this guy, this guy that I, I was writing the other day, he was like, "Hey, this all that," and then I, then he he was like, "My name's so and so," and I said, well, "My name's Caldwell." And I said, to be honest, I thought you would I thought you would have known that. And he goes, Why? And I said, Well, you follow me on Instagram. Like when you click someone's oh. when you click some Instagram, if it says follow back, I'm like, Well, you follow me on Instagram. And he was like, Oh, I didn't recognize you. And I was like, bitch, I don't it's not, I'm not pulling um crystal method looks. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Like you said, like, it's like this, me, but a lash and a, and a wig. Yeah, like people like me and Willem, it's like this is how I look, and then like <laughs> with makeup on, like you know, what I mean? <laughs> so, so I'm, I'm not doing like crazy Trixie Mattel, Crystal Method, Peppermint in that Club Kid challenge look, like, and plus not only that, but like, on Drag Race, we're out of drag for like seventy five percent of the show. We're only in drag for like the last five ten minutes. Um, so like, don't act like you didn't know who I was. But anyway, and then I found out that he was also simultaneously chatting with my boyfriend on Grinder, who he also followed on Grinder as well. And then he was also chatting with my roommate the week before. And I was like, who he also followed? I was like, girl, like, just say I knew who you was, and and if you find me attractive, then just let's leave from there. But don't don't act. Don't you know Meryl here. Streep. I didn't believe it. <laughs> How do all the apps work on your Android phone? Yeah, what's oh that like? Oh, my God. How dare you? They work perfectly fine. And I will say justice for Galaxy Samsung Note 20 X Plus. The exploding phone from the airplane? That, from the airport? That was literally five <laughs> years ago. That was literally five years ago. Well, explain Galaxies why it's gr- still a, a warning on all the flights. <laughs> Galaxies are great, great phones. And I think that the iPhone has proven itself over time to be a very shady phone. Shady phone, not Sh- a throwback to peppermint. Shady phone. Oh, speaking of peppermint, well, before peppermint, I want to ask about your YouTube channel, specifically the video that you did with Christian Walker, because that oh, yeah, this was is really absolutely insane. How did you keep your cool? I mean, I do sibling rivalry, so I'm used to talking to annoying people. No, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> I think that when when I talking to Christian Walker was just really interesting because he was I don't I didn't even realize until afterwards that his father is Herschel Walker. I don't know if you know this, but Herschel Walker is a famous football player. So Christian living in Beverly Hills and driving a Mercedes or Jaguar, whatever he drives, in all a these certain tax is bracket, is because he is a child of an extremely wealthy person so he his his black experience is atypical it is not typical it is atypical it is different it's not invalid it is not invalid but it's certainly not uh the status quo and when most black people are are addressing grievances they're not talking about whatever christian walker is experiencing in his life um so i kept trying to think for myself i always remember myself if i had all of someone else's experiences, I would be just like them. I always think that whenever I think someone's irrational or crazy or whatever, I always think if I looked like you, was raised where you were raised, and had all the experiences you've had, I would be just like you. So it makes perfect sense that you are the way you are. I'm trying to figure out what experiences can we introduce to your life that will help you realize that 
what you're like Christian Walker is one of those folks who if he was an advocate on the right side not, let's, let's not say what's right and wrong on the liberal side let's say what's right and wrong fucking, <laughs> he'd be an icon it's kind of thing, I said about Shirley I said about Shirley Phelps all the time Shirley Phelps is the head of the Westboro Baptist Church now that Fred Phelps is dead she's so smart and so tenacious and such a hard worker I always say if she was on the liberal side she'd be a fucking queer icon she, with all those parodies, I mean, she's a genius. Girl. Oh, well, the parodies, because she would the... also be fighting for the lives of queer people. So people yeah. would be celebrating her, of course. Yeah, I think that's interesting. Like, you know, I, I totally love that perspective of thinking about all the experiences of someone else's life. The thing that always gets me is like less about the experiences and more about I don't know what it's like to be persecuted in my home country and risk everything to try to cross the border for a better life. I don't know what it's like to uh, uh, be on the receiving end of a, a system of racism that's set up against me. But I have the ability to tap into <coughs> the small percentage of empathy and understanding yes. that gives me a window into that world. So I, that's what I just never understand. Like, I don't think... I mean, and maybe I'm wrong, but I don't think a lot of like right wing conservatives sit around and go, I want to understand why liberals think the way they think. Yeah. Well, I'm trying to understand like someone. And I feel like, like liberals do country. that all the time. Yeah. yeah. Sorry, well, someone ahead. fleeing their country and being like, if I get deported, I'll be killed. I want to be clear on that. If I go back to the country that I was born in or that I just came from, I will be killed. Period. Point blank. Done. All I'm asking is asylum so that I can live. I'm not trying to take jobs. I'm not trying to uh, jihad America. I'm not trying to make people Muslims. I'm not trying to bring cocaine from uh, Mexico. I'm just trying to not die. And some people are like, just do it legally. And I'm like, do you understand how First of all, coming here and then going to the to the immigration officers and seeking asylum is the legal way. That is a legal process. Um, but I, I, I have a hard time understanding how people can't think to themselves, wow, this person just wants to live. Like imagine living in a country imagine living in a country I, I, I can't even fathom feeling un, that unsafe in in the country, that means there's nowhere in the entire country you can go where you won't feel unsafe. That I can't, I, I can't fathom. I can tap into the empathy, but I can't imagine that. You know, it's so wild. So let's talk about lip syncing because you are, yeah, just a, a harsh right turn into a new topic. Uh, you are uh, a really fantastic lip syncer, and uh, I want to. Uh, Trigger warning, we're going to talk about lip sync suicide, which is something, or, or what What did you call it when you did it? Well, that's, that's, that's what we used to call it. We used to call it lip sync suicide, which um, which probably is not the the proper term these days. I mean, in New York City, we were just calling it lip sync. We called, we called it a... Uh, no, we call it drag suicide. Uh, drag suicide. Yeah, we call it yeah, drag, drag suicide. Because I, the yeah, first that's... time I ever saw you, I think the first time I ever saw you perform was with Thorgy. You did a duet at Westgate. Oh my god! So some song that was like, uh, "I could be a freak." Was it that song? Maybe I you, could. You did... I, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah I yeah. could be a freak every. And we did the whole. I could yeah. be a freak. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. 
So and the then first I was, time I ever saw you perform, your name was Kitten with a Whip, and we were at oh God. slave name, slave name, and slave you name. were and you were uh, lip syncing. I forget what happened. I think I can't remember if it was you or Peppermint. Someone pulled me out of a bathroom and was like, "It's your turn to sing," and just dragged me onto the stage to sing. Thank at you. At Excess, yeah. Excess Lounge in Chelsea, yeah. You used to live in New York City. Yeah, I used to live in the East Village. I also oh one time God. before Drag Race ran into you at an airport and like came over and said hi, and then you got up and walked away from me. Whoop! <laughs> wait, wait, I didn't say, but wait, you're not telling me. I whole walked story. over and I said, "Are you Bob the Drag Queen?" And you said yes, and I was like, "I'm a huge fan of your work." And you went, "Thanks," and then got up and walked away. Yeah, and I, I, I like, don't think that's wrong. I said thank you. Go no, off. I don't think I it was said wrong thank either. you. I said because thank the you. story. <laughs> Because the story you just told was, I saw you at the airport no. and you walked away. You didn't say I said yes, and then I said thank Listen, you, and then I, I walked away. I didn't lie. I maybe omitted some facts, but I did not lie. <laughs> which I omitted which one paints truth. The, which, which paints the idea that I, because the way you told the story makes it look like, makes it sound like you walked over and I just looked you from the top of your head to the to the toes, <laughs> to the nape of your head, did a neck roll, and then walked in the opposite direction. <laughs> When was it? Uh, it was literally like maybe two months before Drag Race aired. Interesting. Well, there was oh, also so a, a you had film. I had so just landed really in LA. No, th- it was there in was. LA. There's also a really. Uh, there's also a really big time during before Drag Race film where people would be like, "Are you Bob the Drag Queen?" I'm like, "Yeah," and they'd be like, "I love him." I go, "Thank you." And they'd be like, "How'd you do on the show? Just tell me." But the show hadn't even been like announced yet, so people be like, "I know you're on the show." I know you're on it, so just tell us what happened. And I'd be like, oh my God, I have to get the fuck out of here. This is like such oh, a Oh, so of maybe contract. you spooked him, Meatball. Maybe you spooked her. Well, the, well the, 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 every Drag Race girl knows there's a period of time between, between there's two weird times. There's one between you film and between the announcement of you being in the cast where everyone just expects you to just tell them about being on Drag Race. And I'm like, I cannot do that and i respect the process so i wouldn't do that and then there's another period of time between when they announce it and when it airs where folks are like tell me how'd you do what and i'm like i can't so there was a big part of time where i would be like oh my god thank you so much and then i would just like go by my business what did you but about did you, that i is it true you, that girls if, if so, meatball, is you it go. true that meatball, girls um is it true that the girls managers will tell clubs where they place just to make sure that they get higher bookings like my manager didn't over? do that. I mean, my manager didn't uh. do that. I also let me tell you right now. I don't fuck around when it comes to contracts, and also respecting the process of making a great show. I didn't even tell my managers how I did. They asked me, and I was like, "I'm not telling you." Like, you have to, you have to just wait and see. Which, by the way, is probably not smart. Let me just say that out loud right now. But I was like, I respect the process of TV way too much to go around because I wanted to be a good show and I didn't want it to be spoiled or ruined or or someone be like, I heard this, that, and this, that. Because if you tell your manager that, and they'll go around telling everyone what's your manager to the top three, and then everyone's telling everyone. Then now there's no surprise that you made it. I also was in a very lucky position for whatever reason. From the Meet the Queens, I was one of the favorites. Like, from the time they announced the cast, people just decided that they liked me. So I didn't have to, like, sell myself. Right. Where did you tell people you were when you were filming? Because a lot of people go, like, oh, I'm doing some theater project. Like, Shea Coulee told us that she was doing a, a costume design at a theater project up in the woods in, like, so she didn't the have internet or Pacific Northwest. Yeah, like, she was summer like, I'm stock. in the woods, baby. That's what she told all of her friends. 
I was doing a cruise. I was on a cruise. Uh, oh, see, that's a yeah. good one. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. Okay, but back to what we were talking about, the the drag queen uh, or drag suicide. Because I saw you, you would have a, it was a Monday night show at uh, Barracuda? Monday nights at Barracuda. Yep. And you would do 90 minutes by yourself, if not long. You would just get up there and be like, okay, now yeah. it's the Bob show. Slap your sign on the back wall and hit it. <laughs> that big sign. <laughs> <laughs> You would you would do like I mean how many songs would you lip sync? So what would happen was the structure of Monday nights was I would come out and I would do a number like like a like a number or a mix or uh, or a straight up number and then I would do two of those and then I would do drag suicide which would usually last about thirty minutes it'd be about thirty minutes of it was literally you go around and you say everyone everyone give me a song give me an artist give me a song give me a genre uh, believe I share. Uh, Fuck the Police by NWA, um, Part of the USA by Miley Cyrus, and you would take all of them. The DJ, DJ Natsu at the time, would make this, would take them all down, write them down in real time. He would make a massive 30 minute mega mix of all these numbers. And then I would just do the entire thing, a little snippets of each one, do the entire thing. I would be so exhausted, be sweating. And then when it was all done, I would do uh, current events, and then I would do two more numbers. And then current sometimes events. an encore. <laughs> current events. You know, a little little vamping. Like, like, some, little vamping. Um, well, events. that was me like catching my breath after doing drag suicide. <laughs> and it was about uh, it was about um it was about a, a, a ninety minute show every Monday. Woo. When That's I saw incredible. you do it, someone suggested Define Gravity, and you got up on a stool. You actually, what you did, Meatball, is uh, Miss Bob went behind the curtain on a ladder and closed the curtains behind and then like inched her way up the ladder with her head sticking out of the curtain. <laughs> yeah. And I so, think you grabbed a mop. I think there was a mop yeah. back there that you grabbed. I would close the curtain. I would close the curtain over my head, and then my head would be at the level where it is, and then you wouldn't see the ladder, but all you would see is my head go all the way to the very top <laughs> of the um of the ceiling. And then usually the bar back would run and hand me a broom. And then I would grab the broom and it was I mean, it used it used to really bring the house down. Like people used to go crazy. Well, because uh, it feels very like of the moment, just like oh, I'm gonna grab these items, so I love that. And and, and it's one of the things where the, the the very first time I did it, it was like it, someone just rec- like asked me if I would do it. And then I was like, yeah. And then I did it. And then I came up with that idea on the spot. And then it just became like people were like you have to see when Bob does Defying Gravity is so crazy. <laughs> so they would always Can you be give like, us a really you gotta quick- do Defying. La. <laughs> 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 There it is. That's it. Okay. We'll what do you save call your vocal bite. quality? What do you call that tone? Is it is my voice is wrecked. This, you know what actually wrecked my voice is from years of lip syncing, but I would sing the song while I was lip syncing, and I would do it in this like kind of like uh, falsetto style voice. So whenever I'm lip syncing, I'm actually singing the song, but in like falsetto. So like if I was doing Mariah Carey's emotions, which I did all the time. If you turn if you turn the music off and got a mic feed, it'd be me going, I've been looking into my eyes. It makes me feel so that so that is oh. what I'm actually doing. And it's really and it's really bad for your voice. And I did that oh, for yeah. I, I still do. If I lip sync a gig, I'm still doing that. I'm out there doing I kissed a girl and I liked it. 
but you should not do that to your voice for hours. You should, you should hours release a, a whole album like that. Of just just that singing covers. Fry. Just covers. Just covers up in that. Well, I did. I did. Um, I feel probably the most famous one would be me doing my Celine Dion all coming back to me now. But of course, I would just you would have to hear my horrible, horrible voice actually singing the song. Oh, I love the classic. Um, the crazy. Crazy is good. Taken. Now, how do you feel about that just being like snatched and stolen by everybody? Well, it's interesting. I have a few numbers that have kind of just entered the drag lexicon. Yeah. Kind of like how, like, like Detox's purse move. Mm-hmm. Mannequin. Mm-hmm. Like people just do it now. People just do it. Like everyone's just like, oh, good idea. But and that's years stealing. ago. It is stealing. I agree. Years ago, this queen came, like, wrote me on Facebook, was like, oh my God, I love your, your uh, Vogue number. Can you send it to me? I want to do it. And I was like, but I, I came up with that. Like I yeah. put that. I made that mix in GarageBand. That's that's mine. Yes. Yeah. And they said, okay, it's fine. Just um, send me all the clips, and I'll make it myself. And what? I said, no, but okay. Wait. I said, what you're not saying is like it's my it's my idea. I took Vogue, and then I made a really interesting interpretation of it, and it's my thing. And they were just like, oh. And then I looked up, and they they had found all the clips and did it themselves. And people do take my clips and perform them. And it is a little bit annoying, um, but it's also one of those, it is what it is. I mean, to be fair, in that clip, I have appropriated, you know, Sissy Spacek's voice and CeeLo Green's voice and Uzo Aduba's voice. I did rearrange them in a way that I think is very clever and nuanced and funny. Right. Um, But it's also one of those things where like, it's just part of the world now. And some right. people, some people know where it came from. Some people know that it was me, and some people are just like, "Oh, that's just that popular drag number that everyone does." I love uh, burning up. It's too damn. Oh, hot. <laughs> it is. It is eighty-one thousand damn degrees. I am sitting <laughs> right next to my air conditioner, right next to it. Okay, it is on the lowest temperature on the highest on damn the set. Highest set. What the fuck do I need to put this bitch on? Turbo. This is I love when she says yeah. damn in those different damn. spots. It's so funny. Yeah. Um, so we're going to take another quick break. And when we come back, we uh, I have a big question I'm going to ask you. But we are also going to do our favorite segment, which is called Fuck, Fuck Talk. Fuck Talk. Fuck Talk. That's from Wicked. We'll be right back. Fuck Talk. Okay, we are back. We are back, 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 back again. Now, Meatball, you may roll your eyes, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to let you finish, but let me just ask this one question because I think this is important. Bob, you said some very nice things about me on your podcast about, like, Delete it. Moving and shaking and getting things Leave done. meeting. And I appreciate that. Um, but I wanted to ask you, so, like, you've produced your own comedy special. You were in the independent Two film. Two of them. Uh, and they're distributed. It's not like go to bobthedragqueen.com and download the zip folder. It's like you can watch them on legit-ass streaming platforms. You've been in independent films. You produce your own podcast with Monet. You have your YouTube channel. I mean, you're you're running your own entertainment business with editors and producers and assistants and all these people. Um, And then all of that independent stuff, you have also worked on 
HBO shows, uh, starring in one, Emmy nominated. You you did like legit theater. Was was Angels in America at Berkeley Rep? If it's Tony Award winning Berkeley Repertory Theater. Okay, there you go, there you go. So I'm <laughs> curious about the difference between walking on set at your HBO show or someone where there's like a union stage manager and that sort of thing versus all of the independent production the drag queens do. We talk about this all the time, but this sort of level of prestige when there's like a network behind it, but independently you have what? 1.8 million Instagram followers or something. And a huge, you know, it's like you're a force to be reckoned with as an individual, but well, what's the difference between sort of doing things independently or doing things on that large scale? Well, I, I realized that like when you go to something like Berk- the Berkeley Repertory Theater or go to an HBO show or or even do a guest spot on like one of the shows I've done a guest spot on, it's so interesting because sometimes they'll either treat you like, depending on who it is and, and if gays work there, <laughs> quite frankly, um, they'll treat you like a random, like a celebrity guest on the show or sometimes they'll just treat you like that person like like oh you're like oh you're an influencer and i'm like i i mean i'm not not an influencer but i I don't like the idea of someone being like my whole thing is just taking pictures on instagram and then i lucked out and i got this gig uh in high maintenance or this gig in playing house or this gig in you know uh i can't remember that the kate mccannon movie that i did what was it called Rough night. Um, I like. I got this. I'm like. I got this through acting. Like I auditioned and I got these roles because I auditioned for the roles. That's how I got the roles. Uh, each one of them actually. Um, and it it does. Feel, in my opinion, sometimes you you can have you have a pretty far reach when you do something like HBO. When you do something like um, Berkeley Rep, it just people. Everyone just kind of thinks is. And it is, it does have a prestige to it, but I think that's where we're forgetting the fact that we, like in the queer community, we have the opportunity to truly pick our own celebrities. We pick our own people who are doing amazing things, um, which is starting to happen. It's starting to happen more and more and more. Like look at what Trixie is, has been able to accomplish in her career. She's not in any movies. Bianca's not Bianca's not any I mean she's in two movies, uh Hurricane Bianca. And if you if you watch those, you can get through anything. Um <laughs> but, <laughs> but despite not being having in anything of any remark, I mean, although Bianca was in the West End twice, actually, um, it it should not discredit the amazing things that we've accomplished on our own outside of these networks. Cause I just, I, I think about that all the time. Like sometimes when would like, for instance, like when we did the crossover thing, it's like you, Monet, Willem and Alaska are four of the most famous drag queens in the world. And we're just like sitting on a zoom call being like, is the audio working? Like let's blah, blah, blah. And then I think to myself, I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, is this what it's like? I mean, obviously right now everyone is sort of doing things remotely, but even if we were to do that in person, it would have been like me plugging in microphones. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then I'm like, is it just like that? on these big time things, but there's just like more no, like it's, unions it's, and jobs. I don't know. It's like, way more complicated. Like when you, when you go to like, first of all, I've learned this when you do a theater, like theater people are, no one is more efficient. No one is better at communicating. No one is better at showing up on time. No one is better at holding your nose to the grindstone, like theater people, 
it is just the most well-oiled machine I've ever been a part of. Doing a show at Berkeley Rep, I was I was like so intimidated by the the Tony Award winning actors around me and the the amazing set and like the huge theater and we were performing with no microphones. And you've heard my voice. I, I lose my voice all the time. And I was like, "Well, wait, didn't insane. you didn't you have to use a microphone one night because you had like shot your voice completely?" Yeah, one night, one night I had to use a microphone, and one night they had to. So one night I I couldn't go on because I, my voice was shot, and they sent on my understudy. He had never gone on before. And just to be clear, it is a seven hour play. So you really gotta. You really it. it I, I would never want to be an understudy for the show. He was not ready. He did not know his lines, and then they had to cancel the next show. And there was the one understudy, like the one of the characters understudy would come to the show like three times a week. And he would watch the show, and whenever his character would speak, he would hold up his program and speak the lines in in tandem with him. That's how so you understudy. That's smart. Yeah. So one time, if you look at he being the audience with his program in front of his face, and then one time he had to go on and bitch he rocked my world. Like I remember being on stage with him and, and sometimes you go through the motion. We did the show eight times a week. I was crying and I, and I, I mean, I cry, I would end up getting to the point where crying, but this was like new crying. Cause it was like a new actor giving me new stuff. And I remember being like, bitch, you made me fucking cry. Like I was like, it was so easy to act with you, but in the, because it was new and I didn't have to go through the motions of what me and Randy Harrison had gone through each time. The first time Randy did it, I cried too. But being with this new guy, I was like, girl, this just, you fucked me all the way up. Like I, he was, it was so good. I was, I was like, bitch, that's how you mother, it's like RuPaul, that's how you motherfucking understudy. <laughs> <laughs> we get to choose. We get to choose our understudies. <laughs> in the theater at Berkeley Repertoire, we get to choose our understudies. <laughs> All right, Meepo, why don't you get freaky deaky with us? All right. Oh, now I didn't tell you this. Sorry. I didn't tell you, I didn't oh, tell you, I didn't tell you this. Now, you in, said the in point. The, film the whole world, point. <laughs> sorry. Film world, people are so weird at communicating. There'll be a moment where you're on set and everyone, everyone's just waiting, but everyone thinks they're waiting on someone else. Yes, and I'll yes. Force it, and then I'll be like, what are we waiting on? And then Sally was like, I'm ready. And then Vito was like, I'm ready. And then Herman was like, I'm ready. I'm like, oh, so we're all ready, but no one said anything. Or like, I'll look up and I'll be like, hey, I really need a bottle of water. And then everyone just looks at me. And then they all look at each other. And then they all look <laughs> back at me. So I've learned in, in the film world, you have to be like, Big Dipper, I need a glass. You have to like look right. at someone, right. say their name. Whereas in the theater world, if you say, oh my God, I think I need a glass of water, five bottles of water will show up. Well, I also, also remember- Also, people in yeah. the theater world work on like a faster time schedule. Like I've done theater and I've done just, I just had like a film crew in my house the other day and I was just like, why does it take so long to set this stuff up? Like so I've long. been literally sitting here for 30 minutes and I was like, and you're moving a light back and forth on me. Like, what are we and doing? And when you're in drag, I'm like, bitch, let me try it now. So when I did um, Tales of the City, what I realized was one of the guys was in Tales of the City had worked on The Tick. And they have a rule. When you are doing a superhero movie, the superhero can only be in their suit for four hours. After that, you have to let them out of the suit. I looked at him and I said, I'm a fucking superhero. Right. You need to know yeah. <laughs> that the way you treat superheroes is how you need to treat drag queens. Like I'd be like, I gotta go to the bathroom. And they would genuinely expect me to be back in five minutes. And I'm like, bitch, I will see you tomorrow. Like, I have to take off my corset. I have to take off all of my clothes. And then I have to take off my corset. And then some, I have to take off my thumbnails. 
Yeah. So, so that I can get through the tights and grab my junk and then pee. And then you ever try to pee with your tights? You kind of just roll them so your hip pads don't fall yes. out. Yes. And then you and then you, you pop in the pee. It's just it's, it's And just it animal. just shoots out. Why is there more? Your body Every says time. I'm done. And then you just got a wet spot on your tights for the rest of the night. And it's different than it's like different. The tights are holding in this extra little bit. It's so weird. So then I'm I have to put that back on, then get fully redressed, put my corset back on, and then glue my last thumbnail. Then at the end of the day, you've glued your nails on so many times that it feels like you're gluing them on with water. The nails mm-hmm. won't stick. <laughs> you're like, and I'm like, I like I'm not gonna be back in five minutes. I'm just not. Yeah. I will be I will see y'all at Christmas. <laughs> I will say these people just tried to get me to do my drag makeup in 45 minutes and by and I kept on being like, oh, yeah, just give me 20 minutes. And then uh, 20 minutes goes by and they're like, all right, are you done? And I was like still fucking around with my eyes. And I was like, do I look done? Like, we're just going to wait for you me. have to pull a Valentina. Pull up. You know, what Valentina said someone said something like, oh, my God, we're running late. And then and then Valentina just said, what are they going to do? Start without me. Oh, <laughs> And that's the thing. Now, wait, I do want to hear one story because I've heard it from Kimchi, but I would love to hear your version of events of when Valentina got rent and decided to pack up her suitcase. Oh, this is the best. And leave. (laughs) (laughs) Let me start by saying I love Valentina. Like, like, touring with Valentina is so much fun. I, when you tour with her, you also become part of the fantasy. Like, it feels so good to get swept up in the Valentina-ness. It's like, it's like being around Bibi Zaharbonet. Like, Bibi Zaharbonet was the, was the first Valentina. Like, she really is an African queen, and you can't say anything different. You know what I mean? Right. So we're like, we're, we're, we're working with, we're, we're in, um, I can't remember what city we're in, some city in America, and then Valentina steps out of the room, and she, like, starts, like, screaming. We're like, oh, my God, what happened to Valentina? And then she comes back and she goes, Mi amors, which she really says, Mi amors, I've been, she is, I've been cast in rent. And then she goes, this is, um, and then she uh, grabs some earrings and then she gave them to Kim and she goes, I want you to have these. And then Kim goes, I don't really like them. <laughs> and she goes, no, please keep these. And then she looked at me and she goes, Bob, I never told you how beautiful you are. And I want you to know that. And then she told Brandon, she was like, I have to leave the cast. And he was, I have to leave the show, the show we're doing. And he was like, oh, are you guys starting filming like pretty soon? And she was like, no, in like six months. <laughs> and he was like, oh, so you're, you're starting the filming. Like is, and she goes, no, it's like one, it's like one day. Like it's a lot. <laughs> and he was like, why do you need to leave the show? <laughs> Why do you need to leave the show? She goes, I have to get ready. So it was it was like she was like ascending. <laughs> she, she was like, it was honestly. Did she it was really, really leave? It was really. She left. I think she did one more show. She was like, I got to go get my voice lessons. I got to go. Wow. But also, go oh, wow. Says, like work. Also, was she dying? I want you to have these. I never told you you were beautiful. I mean, like, it, it was like she. It was like she was like saying her final goodbyes. She was like, well, she gave Kim the earrings. That was the wildest. <laughs> the Kim said with the earrings. <laughs> she gave Kim earrings, and Kim apparently was like, I don't want these. And she yeah. Was like, but I got them. They're antiques, and she was like, I don't like them. <laughs> That's what happened. Kim said, "Well, they're not." What Kim said was, "They're not really my thing." That was what Kim said. Well, they're not really my thing. She goes, "No, please." <laughs> Say no more. 
I would like to leave a tour by just giving out my old shitty jewelry and then being like, I'm out. I mean, there, there was a queen who used to work at Lucky Chang's who uh, passed away. She came in with a big box of stuff and was giving out things. She had cancer and she was dying. And she was literally giving everyone her stuff. And I remember being like, this is just like that. Except Valentina is perfectly healthy. <laughs> <laughs> and just got like an amazing you, if, job for a drag queen to get. Yeah. Right. If you want to know, rubbing actually, it in uh, everyone's uh, faces. Th- if you watch, um, if you watch uh, Drag Race, the Cookie Lions episode, the 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 uh, the Empire episode, Thorgy is wearing my jacket that I got from the Queen who gave away who was who was dying and giving oh, her stuff. Oh, a legacy yeah. piece. A legacy piece. Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, now let's move on to our next segment, which is fuck talk. Mm-hmm. It's a segment where you get to tell a fun <laughs> sex story or something <laughs> weird that's happened to you. Ow. Yeah, baby. Ooh, I like a little scat. I like a little scat. Fuck talk. Do you like a little scat? Um, is scat's not my thing. I, I'm, I'm, I'm not. <laughs> me I'm neither. Not These are for it's me. Ray, it's, it's not Ray for me. Trey. Anyway, do you have any wild, crazy sex stories? Have you ever hooked up in drag? Have you ever? Cause you like I mean, to meet twink, one time twinks on Grinder, right? <laughs> Not exclusively, um, but I, I've, I've experienced that as I've gotten older. I apparently I'm giving off some daddy vibes, so I've just started attracting people who want daddies. Um, when I was younger, I was really skinny, and I guess that they weren't into that. But and usually a lot of like twinks are into this daddy vibe. So as I've gotten older, and I've just grown into my you know adult body. <laughs> Um, I've just started. Att- I've just started attracting uh, people who are into that. Um, and I, I hooked up in drag one time. I sucked one dick one time in the bathroom at Lucky Chang's in drag. Um, it was not for me. Um, but I mean, I've had some interesting sex stories. But I don't know that they're considered wild and crazy as much as they just be really embarrassing that, that they happen. That, I that love part. That. that part. Well, I think probably the worst experience i had was well there's two i can't pick i'll just pick one that that sounds more salacious um i was in spain and um this guy had come up to my room and was like and he went down on me and let's just say he finished the job and then he looked up at me like in my eyes and then just said what room is valentina in (laughs) she already left the tour (laughs) and i said and I said, I cannot believe you came up here just to ask what room Valentina's in. By the way, she's in 407. But that's not <laughs> what I didn't tell him. I didn't tell him. But that was like, I remember thinking to myself, like, this guy really just blew me just to find out where Valentina is. And it didn't work because I didn't tell him. Like, was it you worth it? That's so insane. You said, mi amor. Well, uh, maybe he was just trying to make his rounds. Like maybe you were top of the list, and then uh, yeah, maybe maybe just maybe he just blew someone, and he was like, "Where's Bob?" <laughs> yeah, yeah, he wanted a gut full of uh, drag race girl nut. Yeah, maybe he had, maybe he had just left like fucking I don't know uh, who else was on that tour. I don't remember. Oh, Kim or Shangela's room, and then was like, <laughs> "Not Kim." <laughs> Where's Bob? Where's Bob? So, but you are, you uh, identify as non-binary and you're in a polyamorous relationships in which your boyfriends are not boyfriends with one another. This is the future liberals want. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) 
This is you what uh, uh, Trisket Walker was talking about. What's that boy's name? <laughs> Christian Walker. Oh, yeah. Christian. Uh, uh, <laughs> How is that? I know you guys just did a video on it, but like, what is it like dating two separate people? Are y'all all living together now? No, uh, Jacob and I. Well, actually, I'm 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 essentially living between two places. I, I live over at Ezra's place, and then over here, and I go back and forth between the two. Um, and I'm looking for a new place to, because I just have too much stuff to be renting a room in, in anywhere because I just have, you, you, you've been to a drag queen's house before. It's insane. And you, Meatball, you live in a drag queen's house because yes. you're a drag queen. It, it has, uh, I have two rooms devoted to my drag. Yeah. It's insane. It's insane. Um, but it's, it's not, I think people think it's crazier than it is. It's really not anything crazy or freaky. I mean, imagine if you have one boyfriend and then you just have another one and it's just like two. I think they would just get jealous of each other. So I, I commend them on their ability to not be jealous. <laughs> well, I mean, I, I think that you don't have to be dating two people for your partner to be jealous of someone. Like you can be in a monogamous relationship and your partner can still be jealous of people that you see on the street, people of your exes, of people that you're yeah. attracted to. Like, I don't oh, think I never that. Thought uh, of that. I don't think anyone is above jealousy, you know? <laughs> I love you, like, fully having this realization. You're like, oh. And I also had this moment where, where people are in the comment, be- comment section being like, uh, it'll end. There's no way it'll last. And I was like, first of all, even if it does it, even if we do break up, um, and there's this insinuation that it is because we were polyamorous and not acknowledging the fact that most relationships end. Eventually, like right, right. I would say the exactly. only one that doesn't end is the one you're in right now. All the ones in the past, they're all they've all ended. Oh, There's you like, guys uh, will probably break up, and you're like, uh, yeah. And how about your exes? Like, yeah, yeah. yeah like, <laughs> but 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 they'll of course say that it's because I have two boyfriends instead of acknowledging that it might be because I'm a terrible person. <laughs> <laughs> Well, what does your mom or your family think of it? Because you ha- came out as gay, or I'm assuming you came out some at some point. I came out, and then you as were gay. a drag queen. I came out as, as, as a gay, you, and then as a, as a drags, and now as a polyamorous, non-binary, and now I'm a Mormon. No, I'm kidding. Um, well, I told my mom. I mean, my mom was kind of like, uh, my mom, I, I've always been saying things that my mom. My mom goes, "Oh, well, that's my child. That's my son." <laughs> Um, and she just thinks that I'm a free-loving hippie type, and she loves me, and she's my biggest fan. That's awesome. Yeah, we love supportive I'm parents. Ve- yeah, that's so great. Okay, well, I mean, listen. Let, let do you right have now? Let me let me tell you. This is this is the thing. To anyone listening, any, if there are any parents listening to this, like support your kids and look what they can flourish to be. It was interesting for me to look at Gigi Good, who's like really creative. And going on and on about their mom. And I was like, look at what happens when a mother unconditionally loves their child. Look at this kid on TV who is undeniably great. And so, and so young. Confident and, and so, so young. young. Yeah. Like 21 look years old competing when, on that show. Yeah. And doing really That's well. So like, look what happens when you are really going in for your kids. Look at how they can flourish. Look at me. Look at what I, I I think I'm great because my mom always told me that I was really great. My mom assured me. My mom used to call me every like day to assure me that I was better than other winners of Drag Race. 
She would like if she would see another winner doing something, she'd be like, "I saw Bianca doing something. She was funny, but you're funnier than she is." I saw, I saw Alaska. She looked pretty, but not as pretty as you looked in that in that one dress. Oh, I love that. That's I incredible. Um, Bob, do you have anything to promote? What's going on right now? You're 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 um gaining traction on your YouTube channel. Yeah, I'm, it's 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 interesting. My YouTube journey is a is a hair slow but steady. Um, I'm really excited because uh, on my YouTube page we're going to start. Do you know about Slag Wars coming out? Yes, yes. I love Slag Wars. So I'm going to be reviewing Slag Wars the way I reviewed the pit stop. So I'm very excited to be doing my Slag Wars review show uh, with amazing special guests. It's going to be really, I'm really, really fucking excited about my Slag Wars review show. It's going to be everything. Um, and of course, my my YouTube page and, and our Patreon, you know, over at the uh, Sibling Rivalry Patreon, there's a lot of great stuff going on. Not do you only get sibling rivalry but you also get me and monet also do individual things we do drag race viewing parties monet does um she watches movies with the fans we talk about stuff oh. um she also does uh mo makeup where she does makeup and like the people give her suggestions of what to do her face it's like a lot of really cool amazing things and watching the drag race reviews we do over on patreon are they don't get recorded because we talk too much shit so i, I oh we do you parties. go live on they're patreon? live so it, the, what happens is it's just a private Zoom with like 500 people in it. And they were all just watching Drag Race together. Oh, and you I, watch the shows live? Yes. And it's the That's stuff incredible. they will not. And it's the stuff they will not air me saying on the pit stop. They had to edit out. Oh, me and Bianca's episode of the pit stop, they had to edit out so much. <laughs> they could not air half the episode. <laughs> it, was so, it, was so, it was so rotted. But, um, but yeah, so we watched Drag Race with the fans. Right now we're watching um, uh, season 10. We're getting through season 10. Um, then once that's done, we're probably going to go to like watch like All Stars or something. Wow. Awesome. You better do well, it. Y'all you got a lot that going sibling on. rivalry Patreon. Mm-hmm. It's what great. I'm really, I'm really, really proud of our Patreon. It grew a lot during quarantine, and we are working very hard over there. Our Patreon is popping. The Patreon is popping. The Patreon is cool. There it is. Hey. <laughs> Meet me uh, after school. Uh. <laughs> Mac L'Oreal. Yep, because I'm worth it. All right. Oh, I love it. Uh, Mac L'Oreal. Yep, because I'm worth it. Of the way I painted on so, so perfect. perfect. Watch the corner of my mouth when I work it. When I roll down the hallway, they can't, can't say, say nothing. nothing. Oh, 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 oh. My oh, lips my so lips luscious. So luscious. Right, we can't do this. Where is Lil Mama? She did that. She worked with Avril Lavigne and now she gone. No, but she put out that new song, you know, uh, when she did Eggs, Bacon, Grits. So- yeah. Oh yes, but that was like a vine. Also, everyone go look up Bob the Drag Queen's TikTok. It's hilarious. Oh yeah. You're on every fucking platform. You're killing it. Yeah. I don't do I mean so my TikTok is mostly for my out of drag stuff. I do some stuff in drag, but I think of TikToks in the moment like, ooh, this would be a fun TikTok. Um so TikTok is like my so Instagram is where I post my photos. YouTube is where I post a lot of my makeup tutorials and videos. And then TikTok is where I post my silly jokes that I think of throughout the day, basically. I love a multi-platform queen. <laughs> All right. Well, That's thanks so much All right. for listening to Sloppy Seconds. You can follow us on Instagram at Sloppy Pod. Send us an email at sloppysecondspod at gmail.com. And call in with your fuck talk story to our phone number, which is 213-536-9180. Great. <laughs>
Great, great, great. You can follow Big Dipper at Big Dipper Jelly and Spicy's Meatball on Instagram or me on Twitter at Fat Drag Meatball. Don't forget to subscribe so you don't ever miss an episode, which now come out every Tuesday and Friday. Goodbye. Doodle doo doo. Forever dog. To listen to Sloppy Seconds ad free, sign up for Forever Dog Plus at Forever Dog slash plus. Sloppy Seconds is produced by Forever Dog and Moguls of Media. Mom! Hosted by Big Dipper and Meatball. Mixed and mastered by William Pitt. Executive produced by Willem Belli, Alaska Thunderfuck, Brett Boehm, Joe Cilio, and Alex Ramsey. Our artwork is drawn by Christian Cimarroni. And our theme song was written by Mike Malarkey. <laughs>